0: But if I zoom out to when I'm 80, and I'm 80 years old looking back at at me at 30, like 80 year old me is gonna say, dude, just go make a change. Go do what you feel like you're called to do. It's no big deal. You got 50 more years to go do something else. So it's that time horizon that I think gives us the freedom and the space and the permission to make the decision that's gonna ultimately be the best for us.
1: Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams what is up my friends vince del monte here with another episode of the vince del monte podcast show enjoying a beautiful view of the tennessee hills from my new home and before we introduce our guests on this week's episode of men of bedrock i want to give you a quick reframe for a word that we all say all too often and it's the word busy everyone says it i grew up with a lot of geno buddies and this was the uh, cool expression how you doing you know busy busy Ask anyone even today, how's it going? And they tell you the same thing nine times out of 10. You know, it's busy, busy. But Adrian and I have been talking about that busy. And it seems to imply that life is happening to us. Like we're victims or like we're not in control or where our lives are taking us. And here's what we're trying to say instead. Life isn't busy. Life is full. Life is full. And you could probably hear my kids running around in the back Around right now, they just came out of the pool. They actually haven't left it since we got here. And yes, life is full. It's so full of business and opportunities. It's full of time we get to spend with our families. It's full of chances to eat the right food and to get ripped. Life isn't busy. Life is full. You got that one? And that's what Adrian is talking about with this week's guest, Brendan Wall, host of the Dad, the Man podcast. Ever since we started following Brendan, we were curious, how does this guy get such high level guests, including celebrities, professional athletes, and spiritual leaders on his podcast? But when we learned that Brendan is also a full-time accountant, fully engaged husband, and father of four, including two recently added baby twins, it kind of took it to the next level. This is what we unpack in this episode. How does a dad with so many responsibilities make time for everything that matters? Because we live in a society where dads are getting off the hook easily, and then they end up with wives that go out and drink too much and talk to their friends and tell them how bad their husbands are. That's not okay. We can't contribute to that. I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation, but could I ask, Before you listen, could you quickly click the review button and leave us a comment and a five-star review? We're working hard to put out content that we think is landing with our audience, and we'd love if you could share it with others. That sound good? Amazing. Thank you so much. Now enjoy the conversation.
2: Thanks, Vince. I am here with Brendan of Dad the Man, this new thriving podcast. We're so excited to talk about it. Brendan, it is early, early in the morning uh, when we're recording this. Uh, but welcome to the Vince Del Monte podcast show.
0: Hey, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It is early. It is bright and early, man. I came <laughs> rolling out of bed down here. Um, I wish I could say I was the guy that was, you know, in my head, I was like, all right, I could get up early. I could do a little workout, go for a little jog and, you know, be gassed up. But as I was telling you, it was one of those nights, sometimes babies, they just don't want to sleep. So I, was, I got about 30 minutes. So I'm, I I've just rolled out of bed.
2: Talk to me about this. You have a six-year-old. And a four-year-old. And then that'd be enough, right? A lot of people are like, bro, two kids, that's a lot. But you have recently adopted two more children. Tell us a little bit about how two new adopted children, they're now four months, has kind of you know how, how how's that working out at your house right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you could probably guess what it look what it looks like, man. It's a uh it's a circus in our house right now, but it's it's, uh, it's a really beautiful chaos. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's a, it's a new routine for us. Uh, the babies, like you said, they're young, they're about four months. So they're just getting to the point where they do sleep a little bit. So we're catching up. Um, but it's, it's testing us in new ways. You know, me and my wife, it's pushing us in new ways and forcing us to grow. It's, you know, when you, um, uh, anytime you bring something like that into your life, have that kind of change, um, it's obviously going to bring its challenges. But the thing that I, my mantra through all of it is that good things don't come easy. And when it feels hard, that's a good sign that there's a lot of goodness on the other side of that. Right. Mm. And that's something that's really been at the, at the heart, uh, at the core of my wife and I's relationship through this. And man, it's, when you go through things and you go through things that are a little bit more challenging, you grow together. And that's one of the things I'm the most proud of through it all is um, being able to do that with my wife and, and watch her grow as well.
2: But you know, what's, you know what's fascinating, and let's stay on this for a minute, is I remember we took, uh, I don't know, it was our first or our second to the doctor and he was colicky and not sleeping, right? And, oh, yeah. and, and Amy, my wife and I, we were fighting a little bit more because, you know, you're just not sleeping as much. And your spouse becomes the enemy a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, yep. And I remember the doctor goes, you two are not fighting. It's that little bastard's fault. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> yeah. what he said, right? And I was yeah. like, Hey, you can't talk about my kid. But that was the point. Like, it's just a kid being a kid. I love this image that you've painted of a beautiful chaos. Can Can you say a bit more about that? Like, what does that look like? day to day, yes. and night to night too.
0: <laughs> oh, it is night to night. You yeah. know, before the, before the twins came into our lives, um, it was, you know, just my wife and I and, and the boys and we felt like we had our legs under us pretty good. You know, like we had six and four year old boys, pretty stable. They're sleeping through the night. Like we know really well, I think how to parent them, which, which always on that learning curve, but we felt very confident in, in raising them. And, um, when you bring newborns in, man, it just, it just shakes things. So it's like all of a sudden we were able to give all this, where we went from being able to give all of our time and attention to our six and four year old boys to bringing in twin newborns. So a lot of our time, like most of it is now given to the two newborn babies. Right. Necess- necessarily.
2: So this- right. Like feeding right. diapers, like they can't do anything. Of course. Yeah.
0: And it's been really cool to watch our two older boys kind of, First, there's like a detachment period where they had to acclimate to, like, okay, this is what this really means. This means that mom and dad, they've got some other stuff going on. But what's been awesome is that they have really like bonded together. We've kind of, it's, it's I want, I would love to be able to say this is something we did intentionally, but it's happened totally by accident. It's a God thing, but they have really bonded together. And we all know how brothers can be. There could be a little bit of a rivalry, and they were definitely trying to figure each other out before this. Uh, but now that it's almost like me and uh, mom and dad get pushed out of the way. The brothers are are bonding together. And that's, it's just, it's awesome. They still have moments where they want to kill each other. You yeah. Know, but yeah. it's still great.
2: But on top of all this, you, you've got this great podcast. And I want to talk about dad, the man, the podcast with these like crazy cool guests you're getting and the process of that. But you are a full time Accountant. This is not like there's so many podcasts (laughs) online and you assume, hey, like these guys are doing this full time or they're monetizing it or whatever. This this is what a passion project. How does this give me a picture of like your like paying job fitting with this new podcast uh, uh, that you've started?
0: yeah uh man, sometimes it feels like the square peg in the round hole you know there's just <laughs> a lot going on. my, yeah, yeah. my day job we'll call it that it's 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 demanding and it takes it takes a lot um, a, a lot of my mental capacity takes a lot of my time. you know this time of year it's 50, 60, 70 hour weeks, weekends I'm working. Um, that places a lot of strain on our family as well. My wife's a superhero. I mean, she handles now we've got four kiddos. I mean, my goodness. Um, I definitely try to get home, you know, one or two nights a week to to be home for that. And we're we're very fortunate. We've got family help. Uh, My mother-in-law comes over and helps with bedtime and stuff, too. But anyway, it's just crazy. We're all over the place. And then i've got this podcast which takes as you know it takes a lot of time when you think about preparing for guests finding guests to come on like promoting getting ready for it. oh it's crazy man. yeah and then <laughs> i'm like oh yeah i'll just go make one little clip for instagram and it takes me three hours to get it up and i'm like whoo takes a lot of time fitting it together it's it's been an illustration to me of how much time we all actually have and it's it's forced me to really audit my time and say hey what do I really want to be doing? Like, what am I actually spending my time on? Like, you know, I think we get programmed to do certain things almost on autopilot, right? But it, it's it's a very powerful exercise to be able to sit down and be really objective and honest with yourself and observe your own behavior and say, hey, how how, how much time am I spending watching television? How much time am I spending on Instagram scrolling, not posting, not posting videos or reach out to people, but how much time am I spending just scrolling? All these little things. And Really, what I've done is just try to pull out anything that's really non-essential that doesn't fall into the bucket of, you know, my faith, my family, my health and fitness, uh, my job, and this podcast, which is, you know, like you said, it's my passion project. I was joking with a buddy yesterday. I said, it, at this point in the game, it would make more financial sense if I had a, a really addicted golf habit yeah, right. and was playing golf all the time because <laughs> this is, really, you know, we're not we're not in the monetization stage or anything like that. But that's really not the intent of why we got started but man it's a lot of you know early mornings a lot of late nights a lot of lunch breaks a lot of hey I got 20 minutes I'm going to attack these 20 minutes as hard as I can it's a lot of that man there's a lot of things I wish I could do out ahead of time and I you know I see the other shows I know what you're talking about like there's a lot of guys it's well produced uh, the audio is perfect the video is clearly not on uh, like you know, I record everything here. I'm on my wife's laptop from college from yeah, 2010. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the corner of a cold, moldy garage. This is vinyl that I have nailed to the wall that I it got looks at sick, Lowe's. Man. It looks and sick, I got blankets <laughs> on the other side nailed into my ceiling. But despite all that, I, it's just, it's been really cool to like, it's almost funny that there's the contrast of that versus like some of the guys I've been able to have on the show and some of the conversations we've got to have and, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just really cool, man. Well, I don't know where we're going, but we're, we're, we're doing the best we can. No,
2: but I, I mean, you, you said so many great things there. I love the idea of a time audit, like thinking like, okay, where is my time going? I have, I have friends who play 10 hours of golf a week. I'm not judging that. That's just their choice, how they choose yeah. to spend their time. I started a part-time business. That's just like how I chose to spend my time. And so I think there is time that you, when you make, when you make time for it, I am curious though, and I don't want to say the word busy. I hate the word busy. Your life is full, right? Mm-hmm. Seventy hour weeks, four yep. kids, podcast, a beautiful chaos. You don't have to do the pod though. That's that's not like an essential thing that's going to feed your children at this time. What's driving it? Like, what is driving? And and I'd love to know the name, like uh, why you named it, what you did, and then what's mm-hmm. driving it as you keep going here.
0: Podcast Dad the Man. The the reason I started it is when I so my wife and I got married young we got married right out of school and um, so we, I was what 23, 24 somewhere in that range right after that we got we got pregnant. So before we found out we were pregnant I told my wife I was like, okay, you know I think I want to get about five years into my career. I want to make sure I've got my legs under me and we you know I've got you know I can get a couple promotions, whatever we'll be steady right this was kind of my vision. Uh, that I had just seen modeled out in other places in my life. So it's like, of course, you know, that's what I'll do. And about five days later, after I said five years, I came home and found out that we were going to be having our first son. So all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, well, change of plans. Uh, Thankfully, I had a great reaction. Obviously, I was thrilled. You know, it's any, anytime, anytime new life comes into the world, it's a miracle. It's a
2: beautiful, uh, beautiful chaos there. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful chaos man i'm telling you that's yeah. been the
0: that if there's a theme for me that might be it yeah uh so I, I i felt a little bit of pressure there early on as a young young husband young young father and at that point i'm a year into my career you know so not making any any real money and it's like okay well now we got to go buy a house and we got to provide for the family and then i got you know there's you i just started feeling some of that pressure right and not in a bad way, like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the the way that I handled it wasn't great. It turned into um, work just kind of became the outlet for stress because everything I said, okay, I got to go, I got to go earn, I got to go do, I got to go provide. And every, it turned into a, a, a thing where everything I said I was doing for my family was really coming at their expense. You know, I was just mentally not mm. in the game. My default yes was to work all the time all the time like it was hey can you do this yeah i can do it because work said i had to do it so then it, something fell behind at home can,
2: can you speak to that just for a second here i know we're going yeah. to the podcast a lot of guys can relate to that right a lot of guys can relate to work says time to work i think part of it is that men find work satisfying mm-hmm. right like it's it's. Oh, like yeah. I, I like working when i accomplish yeah. something or like you know hit my hit my goals like i enjoy it what drove it for you like like why can't guys say no to say to work like nope sorry i can't do that is it fear of lack of promotion repercussions don't want to i'm curious yeah about that.
0: i think it's well-intentioned yeah most of the time like i, I want to say that too i i think i think a lot of it is because work is often tangible mm. like there's usually mm. like a metric or there's somebody's approval or there's there's a deadline or there's something tangible that we can work towards and we can see it coming. We can put our heads down, roll up our sleeves, get after it. Like that's kind of what we're wired to do. It seems like, and we can get after it and get to that point and we can say, Oh, we did it. Like, Oh, we, we, we hit the deadline. We got the raise. I got the promotion, whatever it is at home. It's like, you know, there's that doesn't really <laughs> exist. It's like,
2: right. yeah, I know. like, you no. know, did I,
0: you know, bedtime went great. Or, you know, like, I was patient with my son in the bathtub. Like, yeah. there's no real tangibility to the performance. And I think that's what we often get hooked on um, in a professional sense. And then and then also, you know, and maybe on the other side of that is, man, oftentimes work is just a lot easier than being a great husband or being a great dad. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like legitimately a lot, like even like, we, we complain about work from time to time, right? Like, oh, it's, you know, it's so hard, what we do is tough. And like, there's nothing in the world harder than being patient with a 3-year-old that is just screaming at you and you're like who oh. taught you to behave like this? You know what I mean like there's nothing harder than that. Yeah. So I think sometimes yeah. work can be the outlet to say oh I'm just going to go do something and then you kind of just accidentally over time start to default that way.
2: No I I, I you're you're dead on it and, and I have a lot of I've I've experienced it myself like work is Is easy. Like my wife stayed at home for almost 10 years. She was working part time. She's gone Mm -hmm. back now. That was like exhausting for her, for my wife to have our children at home for 10 years, like man. And and also intellectually unstimulating. That's another, Mm -hmm. the stuff I'm doing at work is like interesting. She's doing bottles and baths and you know what it is. It is Anyways, monotonous. It is monotonous. So, you know, shout yeah. out to everyone who stays at home with kids. Like, good on you. So I, I interrupted a bit. So the direction of the podcast, your your wife is just pregnant, and uh oh, how do we get to the podcast?
0: Yeah. So I, you know, like I was saying, like I was I kind of just described probably like when you were asking what what leads to guys getting maybe hooked on work, and and I was probably both a little bit of both of those things, you know. I was both an outlet for stress it was you know maybe just a little bit addicted to the game a little bit and um but again it was all well intentioned and, and in my head i always thought you know i'm i'm like i'm going to be a great husband i'm going to be a great dad i just have to do this for right now and i, I never did anything egregious or wrong or or like uh, if anybody was around us you'd never say oh I mean this guy's got to get together you know what I mean like it didn't look bad but I just wasn't emotionally there when I was physically there you know what I mean I always had like the door open in my mind to to my inbox to my to-do list tomorrow to whatever it is like I was just never quite I couldn't really be where my feet were so I left that, that job. I started out in, in public accounting. I took another job in public accounting thinking it would get better. It got worse. This is around the time we moved up to Chattanooga. And then around this time, COVID happens. And, you know, my outlet for, for stress and like, all right, I'm just going to go work it off. I'm going to go work it off. I'm going to go work it off. <clears throat> Excuse me, that, that went away. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting at home and I can't go to work. And I'm seeing all the things that I was missing, because I was at work, because I was very much the guy I was gone first early in the morning before the kids got up and I was home after they got to after they went to bed. So you know, that happens throughout the course of the week, you see your kids on Sunday, and that's really it. And I realized that my kids were going from like one to two to three, the oldest was going from, you know, three to four to five. And I'm like, I'm seeing all this in real time as I'm sitting still in my home and it was, I'm seeing the, the breakfast, the, the, lunches, the dinners, the bath times, the arts and crafts, the going around to the park and the activities. And I'm seeing all this stuff. It was like, God pinned me down. It was like, listen, brother, you get, this is what you're missing. This like, this isn't coming back. You could go get another, you could go get the same version of the job you've got now 10, 10, 10 times over the next 10 years. But this is not coming back. This is going to go, and it's going to be it's going to be gone. And it, I just I prayed through that. I reflected on that a lot. Talked to my wife about it a lot. And just you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew after I kind of had that revelation that there was something I needed to do differently. So part of me was like, oh, I need to go start a business. I'm going to go do something. And then, you know, it's like, okay, well, is that really going to solve my problem? That's that's probably the wrong outlet. Uh, but I just knew I had an expression that I needed to to let out. So my wife one day was just like, hey, you're always talking about podcasts. You listen to podcasts all the time. People listen to you when you talk. And I was like, well, I don't know that that's true. But she was just like, you know what, start a podcast. So I was like, all right. So then I, I did. I kind of just took that as like the nod from God, that tap on the shoulder. Like, hey, he, I just felt like he kind of grabbed me by the shoulders and turned me a little bit and said, hey, go this way. Just go. I I still don't know where we're going, but I'm going on that direction that God lined me up and just said go. So I started, Dad the Man. uh, No story to the name. Another one of those things. Out, dude. I was cutting my grass one day, and um, oddly enough, the the name had actually come to me about six months prior, and it was cutting the grass. And just you know, sometimes you just have a thought pop in your head, and you're like, Where did that come from? What the heck is that? And I just that that thought came to my mind, and. So it's just another one of those things that kind of just felt like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, here you go, buddy.
2: So many cool pieces there, Brendan. I I would say the coolest piece to me is that I think COVID gave us all a glimpse, gave us glimpses of like an alternative reality, right? Working from home, we got a glimpse of our kids. I think when COVID was over, however you define that, (laughs) um, a lot of people were like, I'm going back to how it was. I'm rushing right back. Because it exposed, it exposed. I don't want to be home with my kids. My kids are a pain in the butt. I don't want to be there. And I'm going back to work. What I'm hearing from you is you actually, COVID gave you a glimpse of a different way you could parent, and you seized it. I don't think everybody took that. That's significant. I wouldn't gloss over that. Is is there a, a reason you think that you responded with, I want more of this, not less of this? I think a lot of people were like, you know, it's like lockdown. I saw these memes of like, if you're given two options to be locked down at home or, and he's like, okay, I'll take that one. Like without even yeah. hearing it, right. Like <laughs> yeah. your family, right. That's how the, yeah. people didn't want to be locked down at home with their family yeah. because it exposed some like stuff, right? Like Yeah.
0: You know, we, we all got exactly what we, what we asked for, right. Mm. You know, everyone's always, yeah, oh, I wish I had more time with my kids. I wish I had more time to be at home when they're busy at work. And, we got exactly what we asked for. That's that's what happened in COVID. Now, granted, I know there's a lot of terrible 100%. loss, at, like 100%. across the board. I understand. I lost some family in the pro- like. I, I very respectful of that. So don't don't take this as a, a disregarding of, of what happened. But um yeah, you know, it's it's a God thing. I'm just very fortunate that that's the way that the the message was received. I just remember sitting there, literally in my living room and having the revelation that if I kept doing what I'm doing what I was doing that I would miss my kids childhood you know like 10 years would I would blink and 10 years would go by and my kids wouldn't be 3 and 5 anymore they'd be 13 and 15 and they would be not interested you know at that point do they are they really going to want to turn back and get to know me then you know what i mean and and i it just it scared the hell out of me and i yeah. just said you know what i i'm going to start this show and and i want to help I want to save the guy who I would have been had I not had that revelation. So that's what we do. I'm trying to bring on guys that we all know and love and and respect for what they do professionally. You know, athletes, authors, businessmen, people from entertainment, people from social media. And I'm just trying to give that peek behind the curtain, you know, like, yeah, like these guys are the best in the world at what they do. But it's really just an extension of who they are to their core and at home with their wives and kids first.
2: I love it. And I want to talk about the podcast for a second. So, you know, I've heard you say the podcast has been great for the episodes themselves and getting the word out to people. But it's been even better for you. Yeah. (laughs) uh, And I I experienced that, too. When I get a new guest, I ask them questions that I want answers to that. I just find it interesting. That's great. Give me one or two things that you've learned from your guests that you've implemented in your own parenting playbook.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the big things uh, in our life right now is little league sports. Yeah. Just little league sports, man. You know, and it's a crazy world for anybody that's got a kid that is in the four five, even four five, six years old playing baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, you know, it's not like, and it's not nuts because the kids are nuts. It's nuts because the parents are nuts. Like it's yeah. not, like, you know, I've had, um, yeah, I've had guests come on and talk about the statistics of how many kids quit sports by the age of 12. I want to say it's like 60 or 70%. Like it's, it's the majority. And the reason for that, for what we've kind of concluded is that it's, it's, it's the parents, like the parents kind of ruin it. So I had on, Um, Dr. Michael Gervais uh, sports psychologist and performance coach and he's worked with the Seahawks and works with Olympians and works with I mean he's the best he's the best of the best of what he does and talk about being able to kind of help yourself doing the podcast like I started this to help other people but I've benefited the most I basically just grilled him for the first 30 minutes like asking specific questions for my son who's a little bit more of a timid, a timid kid, how I can help him be a little bit more confident stepping out onto the field. And he just, he gave me so much good advice just about like from start to finish, you know, talking about like, Hey, these are the things that kind of ruin sports for kids. Don't just don't do this. And then yeah. let's go a different direction. So it's a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that almost sounds obvious, but like, people don't do it like you you see the, yeah, give, the parents. give me one give me one what should i, I was not gonna say do? you you see, you see the parents like in the stands like every little thing the kid does the parent will yell at mm. in judgment like up or down like there's a positive emotion or there's a negative emotion there's not just sometimes it's okay to just be there sometimes yeah. it's okay to just not have an opinion on every little thing that the kids do yeah and you and you right see inside. this like if you go watch a kid when he plays like just let's just take baseball for example Every time most of these kids do something, like something happens, a ball comes to them, maybe they get it, maybe they don't. Maybe they hit the ball at the plate, maybe they don't. The first thing they do is they look to their parents. And more often than not, like for what I'm seeing, and it's this is not a judgment because I'm this dad too, like you, we would just want to correct. We just want to be like, oh, get your elbow up, you know. Oh, you know, get your arm up before you make the throw. But then you see the kid like wince after they make the mistake. Almost they, like they're – They res- know,
2: they know. They know. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then
0: they they start to internalize this dialogue of like, I have to perform for my for my parents to approve of me or to love me. And then another, another one of the big things, too, was like not having like outcome based rewards for your kids, especially at little league. Like, hey, you know, if you if you go hit a you know two hits today and we get to go get an ice cream cone or whatever it is, like just avoiding that, because what happens when they don't? Yeah, they yeah. they failed their parents. They can't, they're not going to internalize that there's a separation between performance on the field and how their parents love them at home. And so I think it's it's really just a reorientation of like your relationship with your child and protecting their heart, especially at a young it's four, five, six, seven, is so much more important than them getting two or three hits in the baseball.
2: But you, you, what I, what I want to stay on here is you actively sought out this good coaching. I wouldn't have thought of that. That sometimes, if my kids look up at me, I should just be sitting there, indifferent. That's that's a great insight. Like dads, add that to your moms, add that to your playbook. Do you that you're continuing to pursue this podcast? Do you ever feel like a bit of an imposter, like talking to these guys who are? Every day. Like, is that right? Yeah. The,
0: dude, it's the like, biggest thing. I, you've
2: got some I, big name guests. I'm like this. Oh, my God. I don't follow. I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't follow a ton of American sports. Um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> But when I look at the, the bios of these guys you've got on, I'm like, wow. Well, I know John Eldridge, right? But like yeah. oh, some yeah. of these guys, I'm like, wow, look at this guy. And I'm like, I think Brennan's just a regular guy. sort
0: of. <laughs> <How> <laughs> dude, you, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I, I think about this a lot. And I actually, I just to the solo episode on this, the, just this idea of like, what the hell am I doing here? As like, I have these moments of <laughs> a good in- extreme insecurity and self doubt where I will like, you know, I have some of the same insecurities that every, like I have the same ones everyone has. Like I, I am hard on myself. i will shame myself when I make mistakes and, you know, I'll sit here and be like, what the hell am I doing here? It's the guy who sometimes feels like the worst husband and dad in the world with a podcast trying to help other people be great husbands and dads. But you know, that's kind of like my whole orientation with this. And this is what I'm, I'm I'm always trying to over communicate because I never want it to be received the other way is that I didn't, I'm not starting the show because I got all the answers. I I, I started the show and I'm continuing and I'm so excited to keep doing it because I'm searching for the answers. Yeah. So uh, the goal is to bring on the guys that like, that we want to learn from. So like, you know, Jordan Spieth, Eric Decker and, Sean Lowe, if you're a bachelor guy, had him on and Tim Kennedy. And you mentioned John Eldridge and Mark Bell and Jason Khalipa, just all these guys that I'm like guys that I legitimately look up to, you know what I mean? And I just get to pick their brain. It's like, it feels too good to be true.
2: Yeah. But you've, you've, I mean, I want to stay on this because I think a lot of people would say I can't do that. I have a busy job. You don't know what my life is like. I have not a beautiful chaos, Brendan. My chaos is, just chaos (laughs) (laughs) you've, you've reframed it around a beautiful chaos like people wouldn't they don't pursue it like what i mean you're really stepping outside your comfort zone here is that what it feels like or has it got i'm sure it's gotten easier
0: it's for sure gotten easier and it's kind of funny looking back like how nervous and scared i was to do my first interview like you ever I, listen dude, to your I...
2: first one back? Like do you ever go listen oh, yeah. to your Oh <laughs> yeah, I listen to every single one. Dude, yeah, I listen
0: yeah. to it like an athlete watching yeah. game tape, you know yeah. what I mean? I got to get all the ums and the butts and the and yeah. all the bad words, you know, whatever. I I'm, I'm always trying to work on that. A lot easier said than done. But yeah, it's crazy looking back and seeing where it's from. One of my favorite quotes and I can't remember who said this, but it's I heard it a long time ago and I've just kind of kept it in my mind, but your tolerance for tension determines your capacity for growth.
2: Oh, that's good. That's so your really tolerance
0: cool. retention determines your capacity for growth. So the more that you can take on, like the more that you can handle, like if you can handle it, you're probably going to grow from it. It's like what I was saying when we started talking about the adoption at the very beginning, you know, it's, it's hard. It's re- like, it's really freaking hard to go from two kids to four kids in the blink of an eye and, and keep your marriage on the tracks and, and, and keep everything going there. Keep the six and the four year olds happy. And then also raise the babies. Like that's really hard. But through that, I, I can already see in four short four short months how much we've grown, mm. and I, the podcast is really just another great example of that. Like looking back, you know, that was one of my excuses right off the bat. Was one of the things that delayed me from starting is, oh, I don't have time. It's like, well, do, I mean, do I really not have time, or am I just not prioritizing? Yeah, I just wasn't prioritizing
2: it. I like this a lot. Um... I want to make it really, really practical, though, because, you know, when you and I were chatting in the DMs, uh, I have a podcast as well. And because I think people will talk themselves out of doing something that they're passionate about, because like, well, I'm not that's not for me. I couldn't do that. How am I going to get these guests? How did you do it? That's what I want to ask. Like, what's the playbook? Like, how do you how do you land Mm -hmm. a big fish, so to speak? Because I think when you break it down, people will be like, oh. That's what you do. Like, I think, yeah, dude.
0: it's, it's so simple. Like we've already established. I'm not the guy with the nice production studio or the nice camera or equipment. <laughs> yeah. I have a decent microphone. I spent a yeah. couple hundred bucks on a good mic Um, more so because I think it looks cool than I actually know how to like, make it does it sound look very great. cool. It yeah, looks yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only thing I've got going here. I'm like, all right, this, this is, this is cool. It's simple. I wouldn't say it's necessarily easy because you do have to make, like making the time to do it is probably the hardest part. Yeah. But like when I when I go to to get a guest, like if here's my process. What I do is, is I, I'm seeking out guys that I want to learn from. Right? Um, sometimes that comes from guys that I follow or look up to, or it's a suggestion from from guests or whatever it may be. So I identify the target. I go look them up. I try to find them on Instagram, and then you know you can send anybody in the world a DM on Instagram. Just about some people don't take DMs, but like 99 of people, their DM the DMs are open. Most people or not most people, but a lot of people also have an email address listed on their Instagram. A lot of people that like our guests that we have on, if you Google them, a lot of them have like a press website with an agent, with a publicist, with all these different contacts. Maybe they have a business that has like a help email or whatever it may be. So I just rattled off six, seven, eight potential contacts to get in touch with somebody. So what I do is I send uh, like a highly personalized video message, selfie video on, on my iPhone And I just tell them, like, hey, I I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, Obviously, I respect, like, you know, a guy like Jordan Spieth, like, man, congratulations on all the success you've had in golf. But more than that, thank you so much for being a great ambassador for, for young dads and young husbands. I really appreciate the way that you model that for the rest of us. You know, I run this podcast. It's called Dad the Man. You know, I tell them a little bit about the show and say, I would love to have you on the show.
2: You send a video. So it's a video message. a video to
0: every single yeah. person. And then yeah. I let them off the hook and say, you know, it, if it, it no worries at all. If not, thank you for listening to the message. Hope to hear from you soon. Yeah. So then I take that video. I send it to their DMs. I send it to all the contacts that I just found on Google. And, you know, not every person responds. So this is when it turns into a volume game. Would you be shocked at who you can get in touch with? And and how many like how down to earth these dudes are. Like before I even had the show going, like a guy like Sean Lowe, Uh, I think he was like my second or third interview. He's got like 2 million followers. Like the fact that he saw my DM in the first place is kind of astounding. He didn't have a show that he could go look up to see like, oh, is this guy legit? Like I had not even published an episode yet. He was like, yeah, man, I'll come on. That's not like, that's something I'm passionate
2: about too. Yeah, it is surprising. And then when you sit down with like, you know, some of the guests I've sat down with, I'm like, Oh, you're regular. Like you're, you're, you're like yeah. me, like you got, you got kids, your kids don't listen. Like yeah. you're trying to connect with your wife. Like it's, it's, you find common ground awfully quick. And as you say, it's not easy, but it is simple. Like yeah. It's simple so that's task. what I
0: would tell people is like that, like whatever it is, just don't assume that the answer is no. Like yeah. you might get told no, like whatever it's, that's fine. I get told no all the time. Sometimes a no is validating. Like when you get, like, if you can get in touch with somebody, then actually like I've gotten a couple knows no's where I'm like, Oh my God! I can't believe they responded. Then I'm kind. Of, then I'm fired up. It almost gives you more juice. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep keep throwing hell marys here. Let's go. Somebody's gonna say yes. Yeah. That's what Gary Vee always says. He talks about that a lot in his content, and I, used, I I followed him for a long time. He just talks about it's a lot of times it's just it's just the volume of output. You're just you're just missing the volume of doing the simple, boring things. It's not this big flashy thing. I'm not sending expensive gifts or you know, doing anything other than just recording a quick video on my phone. That's heartfelt. It's honest. It's not canned. It's, you know, it's a new one for every person. It takes a little time, but I do that for every person and and it's usually received pretty well.
2: It's really cool. Um, any episode. So I turned 40 this year, Brendan, and something I say to myself a lot these days is I'm 40. And the reason (sighs) I say that to myself is, is I don't want to come across, I have 40 years of life experience and I have to own that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I walk into a conversation with a guy who's, let's say he's a little bit older than me or about my age, I have to say to myself, I'm 40 or if I'm coaching someone, i have to say I'm 40, I'm 40 because it grounds me in all Mm -hmm. my experience. As you've become a more experienced podcast host, have you had like a breakthrough where you're like, I'm a host, I'm a podcast host, I'm a successful podcast host. Has the, has the self-talk shifted at all from, this would be cool to have a podcast, too. I don't know. I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a good host. And you are a good host, just so you know. <laughs> I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. I, I um, this is probably one of the things I've had to work on the most. I've even had guests tell me. I, mean, I had uh, Yogi Roth on. He's lead, lead analyst for the Pac-12 Network. Awesome dude. That's one of those episodes, like, when people ask me where to start on the show, I send him to that one all the time. Dude, Yogi's just, he's just like the wisest guy ever. Dude's a stud. Um, but he told me in the middle of our conversation, he called me out mid episode. He was like, I want you to take a quick second here and pause and think about the way you've already, you've just referred to yourself as like the normal dad, the average dad, the, you know, so, and so he's like, and I know you're kind of doing like trying to appeal to people, whatever. And and I really wasn't, I knew he was calling me out. He was like, you have a self-talk problem. And I've realized that big time. Like I mentioned this before when I was talking about some of the things that I deal with. That I know we all deal with. I shame myself when I when I make mistakes, and I'm hard on myself, which can serve me well. But man, it's uh, my self talk. I've really like I've learned this about myself. Just trying to be objective and observe my own behaviors. Like it held me back in a lot of ways. You know, it's 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 hard for me to stay positive about myself when I'm going through seasons where the results that I want to see aren't necessarily happening. So like for the podcast, that means, you know, downloads aren't jumping, jumping through the roof. Um, and, and and it's really hard for me sometimes to be like, I'm doing a good job. Yeah. I just haven't done it for long enough, or yeah. I haven't, you know, just maybe haven't had the, the breakthrough or whatever it may be. Um, and trying to really just get ground, like you use the word ground and trying to stay grounded in the reason I'm doing the show is grounded in my process, you chase metrics, you, you chase yourself in circles. What I'm trying to do is really just perfect a craft and be mm-hmm. really the best that I can be at what I'm doing and not worry about the rest because the, the chips are going to fall, you know, where they where they may ba- based on that. But every once in a while, you get a little external validation. It's not the worst thing in the world. We got shouted <laughs> out on
2: ESPN the yeah. yeah, I saw that, that man. Was, that was that was so. Cool. That was the
0: that was like talk about a shot of adrenaline in the arm because I was in a bad. bad man, I was in a bad uh, self talk spiral there. You know, like yeah. man, what am I? You know, is this was all the work work worth it? All this kind of stuff. And like, sometimes you get a little nudge and it it doesn't hurt.
2: My my wife calls that green data, or my therapist. My wife and my therapist. I think they collude against me but uh, not against <laughs> me for me for a clue yeah. and, and, and they <laughs> talk about that, that that's green data green data is like it's data that you have to pay attention to like look you got a shout out on espn look we're yeah. telling you you have a good podcast unfortunately what many of us do we live with our red thoughts right we have these like red mm-hmm. thoughts and, and we like we let them hijack like literally the imagery is there of red and green yeah. right and we yeah. don't pay attention to the green data like I'm a full-time dad that's 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 doing it, or a full-time um, accountant that's doing a great job as a father and have a thriving marriage. It's a beautiful chaos and a podcast that's growing. That's all green data, and yet usually we pay attention to the red thoughts of like, I yes. wish I had more downloads. I wish I right. And you have to you have to give your attention to the good stuff. Hey, so as we're wrapping up here, uh, you probably have babies crying or uh, drawing your attention. <laughs> I want to come back to one thought you said earlier on which was so interesting. You said the door was always open to my inbox. I thought that was such a profound concept. Like the door was always open to my inbox as you've embraced the beautiful chaos of your new life and the podcast. How have you closed the door? So to speak.
0: It's a really good question. Yeah. It's a really good question with a really not simple answer. I can yeah. give you a simple <laughs> answer and I can give you the a, a bit more of a, a bit more of a color. The, the simplest answer is I have taken my work email off my phone. That's yeah. the sim. That's like nuts and bolts. That's the, and you know what? I talked to my boss about it and, you know, I get a little bit of like, you know, maybe you should have it on your phone. Like you missed this email, like, you know, whatever. And I've, and I've just had to kind of stand my ground. Like this has not worked well for me in the past. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to continue to work here and I'm going to continue to handle my business at home so that I can bring my best self to work, I need to have some type of boundary. The longer story would be that, you know, trying to really trying to get into a position where my career fits my life and not my life having to fit my career. So I've, you know, I started my career with a company that I thought I'd be with for longer than I was. It didn't, it, I could not make it fit my life. I had to make it change. So I did. And then two years, same thing. I kind of bounced a little bit and I'm in a position now, like we we're talking about some of the hours I'm working now. I'm very much still trying to figure this out. Like I haven't, I haven't found the spot like 70 hours a week does not work just for me and our family and two newborns. Like it's not, that does not work. So I'm still very much in the stage of we got to figure this out. So I would say for anybody that's listening and maybe you're frustrated with the situation you're in, you don't have to stay there. Like I'm not saying you should quit your job. Uh, this morning when you get in and tell your boss, you know, Hey, see you later. Like I would just say, start chipping away, start figuring out what you might want to do and not what you want to do tomorrow, but what you want to be doing in five years or in 10 years, and then start taking some small steps towards that in your off time when you can, when I shouldn't say that when you're going to make time to do it, because you're not just going to find that time. And that's kind of like my goal with the show. You know, like I know, like you don't start a podcast and quit your job the next day. You don't, no.
2: You know, and it's funny, you had Larry on the other day. Um, He's probably the OG of dad's podcast. He's done a thousand episodes or something. I think he's over a thousand. And he told us when he was on our show, he was still doing his like full-time sales job until Mm. about a year ago, right? So it's not like, you know. I didn't realize that. Yeah, totally, right? And and then I think he said the dad's edge, his big, you know his big mastermind, which 800 yeah. guys. I yeah. don't think he went full time on that till they had hundreds and hundreds of guys. That's right? crazy. You know, you know, yeah, it do- yeah. but it's it's also like, of course, like it, these yeah. like podcasting isn't like hugely lucrative. What I thought you said that is, unless you're Joe Rogan. Well, I thought what you yeah. said was really interesting. Is wherever you are, you don't have to stay there, and and I think that is mindset, Brendan. As much as it is about like picking a new job. I think many of us are in situations that we almost resent a bit yeah. and, and you can stay in the same job and, and not be there. You don't have to be resentful. You right. don't have to be angry that you slept 30 minutes. You slept 30 minutes last night. Is that right?
0: This is, give or take a few. Yeah. yeah right? It was short.
2: <laughs> right. And, and you could be angry about that. And yet you're saying, I'm not going to stay here in this resentment. I am going to move myself into a better headspace so that I can show up best for my people today. I love that image of like ownership that you have ownership of the choices you're making. Yeah, um, I think
0: we have to think long, long, longer term. The longer time horizon I think we can bring into our thought process, the better the decision, like the better decision we're going to make. And our future self is going to thank us even more for it. Like, I think probably more than any 30 year old in the world, I think about my death a lot. And that sounds weird <laughs> and crazy to think about, but I, I, i'm obsessed with this idea of like what am i gonna wish i did like what am i gonna wish i did when i'm when i am older god willing i get to live long enough to reflect back on on a long and beautiful life like what am i gonna wish i did like for, take me for example i'm an accountant i went to i went to college i did undergrad for accounting i went to master's i took the cpa exam which i will i mean oh my gosh that was that was horrible but i did it i cut my teeth at a at a you know global firm for four years traveled all the time went to all these other. So I've, I've kind of built this this skill set there's some time and resource and cost that has gotten me to where that I where i am right now not that i've achieved some mountaintop or anything but i'm 10 years into this thing right if i zoom out to tomorrow i'm going to say man i really don't want to like that's a lot to just kind of throw away and make a pivot but if i zoom out to when i'm 80 and i'm 80 years old looking back at. At me at thirty, like eighty-year-old me is going to say, "Dude, just go make a change. Go do what you feel like you're called to do. It's yeah. no big deal. You got fifty more years to go do something else." Yeah. So it, it's that time horizon that I think gives us the freedom and the space and the permission to make the decision that's going to ultimately be the best for us. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's a that's a real life scenario. Like that, I'm in the middle of that right now, trying to figure yeah. it out. You know, what am I going to do next?
2: Yeah. Well, you, you know, here's a line, Jim R- Ramos, he, he was on our show recently said, what you do between 6 PM and 9 PM is what they're going to write on your tombstone. Like, mm, that's when, good. He, when he said that, I was like, oh boy, she, right. Cause <laughs> you know, you're, you're thinking about it, but if you can get that thousand foot look that you've just described, I think you'll make different choices. Right? I, I think yeah. you'll make good choices, choices that are in line with who you want to be and who your family needs you to be. Brendan, as we're coming to the end of our time, give us a final thought. And then let us know where other guys can find you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first, I just want to thank you guys so much for having me on. This is an honor. This is a privilege. Um, this is one of those things I mentioned before, kind of like a shot of adrenaline, an indication that I'm, I'm I am on the path. This is yeah. some external validation. Getting green data, involved. brother.
2: Green, green data. data, my man. Getting
0: invited <laughs> on a show like this is, this is really cool, um, man. I want to give, I want to give everybody listening, especially the dads that are listening. I want to give them. a Encourage them to give themselves a little bit of grace. This is a lot. This is hard. And it's very easy to, you know, look, follow guys on social media and you see the highlight reel. You know, you listen to podcasts and and guys come on and speak with conviction and you think, oh man, they've got it all together, right? And, you know, what you don't see behind that, like, it, this is one of those things, I'm always trying to over communicate this with my audience, like you don't see me sitting in my kitchen, worried about the medical bills that are piling up, you don't see me insecure about, am I making enough money? Are we getting enough downloads? Oh, I just yelled at my kids. And now I'm shaming myself. Like, you don't see this behind the, the curtain with with most people. So I just, just because you have the moments that are not perfect does not mean that you're not on the path to becoming a better husband, better father, just that, I think we just have to take that as an indication that we're trying to learn. They're not, if failure isn't final, like we've just got to take it and learn from it and do better the next time. Right. And then, you know, secondly, for, uh, for the guys who are struggling and getting their routines going, um, you know, every, what's the famous Mike Tyson quote, everybody's got to, plan until I get punched in the face. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm the guy getting punched in the face, trying to figure out a routine (laughs) with with twins, man. Like, you know uh, it's, it's crazy, but I think what you guys are doing with Meta bedrock really have like giving guys structure um, especially like the morning routine and the evening routine the night before Mm -hmm. the bedrocks wanted to, I think it's, it's, uh, I think I got those backwards, but the evening routine and the morning routine, those are the things that I cling to right now. And those are the things keep keeping my head above water. You know, simple things, nothing crazy, just something that you can cling to. I, I I think you guys are just doing tremendous work. And uh, for anybody listening, if you feel like you're having a hard time, for sure, if you haven't, you know, jumped into to Men of Bedrock, <laughs> too, hey, it. it'll it'll save you. It'll save your life, save your marriage. Yeah, routine uh, yeah. routine routine is everything. Yeah, um,
2: I love that. Man. I love failure isn't final. Give yourself grace. Like these are cliches, bro but they land so hard right yes. they are they are so true there is so much truth in clichés um where can we find you
0: dad the man podcast that's that's the spot i would love anybody to come uh check us out you can find us on any platform uh, we talked about the show a little bit today i really appreciate you asking questions and allowing me to kind of talk about it it's really fun to get on and, and talk about the show and and where we where we've come and where we're going man we we bring, we bring on a lot of cool guys we mentioned a few today: Jordan Speed, Tim Kennedy, Eric Decker. The list goes on. We've got a bunch of really cool guests, and uh, it's 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 almost funny to to say those names out loud because they're guys that I still get fired up to
1: yeah, to hear from.
0: So yeah, check us out, Dad the Man podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me on, man. This is a blessing.
1: And that's it for this week's episode. I hope you got something out of this one that will help you level up your mindset, your marriage, your business, or your fitness. If it did, could I ask you that you share it with others? Either leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify, hit us with a five-star rating if you feel deserving, or share it on your social media and tag at Vince Del Monte and at Men of Bedrock if this was an MOB episode. That's the best way to get this work into the hands of others who can also benefit from what we're doing here. Until next time, friends, level up or level off.